Welcome to the Dumb Idea Podcast with Mike and Alex. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the show. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share this video or podcast on any platform that you're listening on. Please visit us at www.dumbideapodcast.com. Welcome back. Another show, another episode. Surprised we're still here. (laughs) We haven't been thrown off any platforms yet. Um, this, uh, we live in an, uh, an area close to Annapolis. Um, we've mentioned that before. That's not a big reveal or anything. Uh, in this area though, we, we've got quite a lot of water and boating is a very, very, uh, big recreational activity in this area. In fact, I think it's the second largest boating area next to San Diego in the United States. Um, and Mike and I, we don't own boats, right? No. And, and and we, I've always had an interest in boats. I, I, I used to work. Um, it's basically in security of uh, uh, boating and, and and ports, and I barely know port and aft, but I know enough about securing a boat, but not. I don't know anything about buying a boat or anything as far as recreational boating goes. And for someone who's lived in this area for over twenty years, I, I was like. Would love to know. I've got like a few questions about it, and what better way to get some of my questions answered than bringing in uh, Andrew Smith uh, Smitty from SmittyYachtGroup.com. Um, SmithyYachtGroup.com. I'm so, what SmithyYachtGroup.com? Yeah, that's so, sorry, that's my man. Um, <laughs> uh, well, that's my website. Listen, but you're not, that's not the first. We're the United I've Yacht up. Sales, but that's my website. Yeah. I, that's not the first website I've screwed up for. For anyone that's listening, I've, I've, pro- I've screwed up our own website, yes. dumbideapodcast.com. In fact, <laughs> last show, I didn't even mention it. No. I, I didn't advertise our website at all. Can't even was, plug ourselves. No, I didn't, no. I, I, I didn't plug that off. We're speaking pretty good plug, at this. <laughs> speaking of plugs, though. Speaking of plugs. Uh, not We're not going to plug any boats, but we're going to plug uh, Portac Limited Wine and Spirits in uh, the Baydale Plaza in Arnold, 21012. Great selection of wines and and spirits. They they uh, they've had their spring beers out for a little while. If you ever if you want to get out and get something uh, nice, light, refreshing. Although I think the summer beers are are the real light and refreshing ones. But the the new ones they've got out there, new beers, new wines. Uh, spirits are spirits, though. I don't think they really change those much. Uh, but if you if you're kind of up in the air, what you what you like, what you want to taste. Uh, what new things are out there? Go give those guys over at Portech. Uh, go say hello. Let them know you got uh, you heard of them from the uh, Dumb Idea podcast. Uh, which honestly, we're probably gonna we're gonna change that name. We keep talking about changing it. We're gonna change it here in probably next month or so. Get a new website up. Get a uh, get a new name and uh, name it something a little more appropriate for what we talk about. Although we do talk about a lot of dumb ideas. Is there a dad bods podcast? There, listen, I think there is though. I think that's, I think that name was taken. Probably. That's another trying to find a name that someone else hasn't already taken or a website. Like you want to call it, you want your website to be the same as your podcast name. So you got to make sure that the, the website's not taken. You got to make sure the podcast name's not taken. So it's taken us a little longer than we'd like. Plus 
we're just indecisive and can't figure out what we want to call. Just run it through some uh, some focus groups. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we had that guy from Fox News yeah. with the weird face come in here and, and 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 pitch the names to a bunch of suburban women. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta get that guy from the Chevy Cruise commercials. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like Lum- the guy from the parodies better. No, no that's what I mean. That's the, that's the guy. Talking. Let me guess. It's a Chevy Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't ask me to look at that from home <laughs> what's that what's that color burnt rust <laughs> uh but no so go, uh, port tack limited wine spirits please go over there let them know you let them know you heard about them from us or just let them know even if you you've already gone there many times let them know you hear about it, hear that they sponsor the show um be, that would help us out a lot plus please like share subscribe comment whatever uh, share it with a friend put it on your facebook page tell your mom about it tell your dad cousins sisters brothers everybody uh i'm sure we're 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 a podcast for a lot of people right that's maybe, ev- the every man's podcast may- maybe not the kids maybe not everyone is tired and angry although maybe next week <laughs> next week we'll have we can do an elmo episode we'll do that we'll do, or the door of the explorer where they just let a a poor young immigrant immigrant girl walk around the forest forever. And she's always going over rivers, and she somehow she ended up with a monkey. But hey, look, you know maybe we'll do that as an episode. Um, we want so we brought we brought Smitty on because, like I said, we live in an area with a lot of water. Um, we see boats all the time. Not that we live in one of those kind of neighborhoods, but people, uh, you can't throw a stone and not hit someone's house that has that owns a boat around here. Um, but I'm just interested. I mean, I, I would love to know how the purchase goes. How does even someone find you? I like, if I were going to buy a boat, I wouldn't even know where to start as far as what size I wanted. Sure. Um, so let's say for example, all right, I don't have a boat, never had one, but I'm, I've gone down and got my boating license somehow. I don't even know how that happened. How do you get a boating license? You have to go through DNR for that, right? You have to course to do it, but under certain horsepower, it it changes here and there. But under certain horsepower, it. Do you drive your own boat though? Like when you when you go take a driving test at the DMV, you bring the car. No, with it's you. all online. It's all online, so you don't have to actually go drive a no. boat. No. So how do they know you could drive a boat? They you, don't. They don't. They just say, oh, screw it. You, well, up, you're old enough. You can, you up can to a certain, Well, a lot of where it does matter is on the larger... You, it's uh, like tonnage, right? Yeah. L- yeah. L- large, and sometimes that's due with how much horsepower as well. But on the larger boats, it, it's really more about the insurance. In order to get insurance, you've got to prove... I don't know how we prove, but you know, captain's time or if you've been on deliveries, what your experience is. And a lot of it up until captain's license is kind of honesty, too. I have none of that. I have, I have zero. You mean you're not honest? Zero experience. No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> sure. Sure. Look, we are what we are. I'm Z- not an honest person. Zero experience, but it, but, zero honesty. But in terms of where you look for boats, so funny enough, I, you know, I sell boats, but I don't own one right now. I'm 39, bald. I got, we're spending about 20000 30000 a year in daycare bills. So that's kind of the boat fund, you know? Right, yeah. The, uh, we're living that kind of life. But we're like real estate agents, but for boats. With probably not as good of a reputation. Someone once told me that a boat broker uh, in the dictionary is the lowest form of marine life. And then <laughs> my dealings with Florida, I found that that's got some accuracy to it. You see, that's a, that's another aspect of it, though. Like, you compared it to being a real estate agent, but a real estate agent, they're selling 
houses or commercial properties or doing leases within their area. Sure. You, you're not, I mean, you got Sometimes you've got to go up to Maine, Boston. I mean, do you even go to California? Do you do that side of the country? Is it mostly like regional? I've never done West Coast, but uh, for the right project, I'm sure you'd go anywhere, sure, right? Yeah. Someone's going to pay you. Why not? Uh, he's really Maine of Florida. The nice thing is the company I work for now. So for the for the first thirteen years, right out of college, I started selling boats, and I bartended at the Annapolis Yacht Club a couple nights a week to really get started uh, to you know network, but also to make a little bit of money because it's it's all, it's all commission. You know, no one's going to just show up and hand you a check. You gotta you gotta kind of earn it. Right. Uh, but so I worked for a small company in Annapolis for thirteen years, and it was great. But I had to reach out a little bit. Now we, the company I'm affiliated with now, we've got over two hundred brokers, so we're quite a team. And, and I'll help a lot of the guys in Florida and in Maine, all over with stuff up here, and, and they'll help me sometimes with stuff down there. But it also gives me a presence where I can list boats in Florida in different places and work out arrangements with other brokers to work to, to work on them together instead of having somebody else get them. Because a lot of them are customers we've had for years that. You know, we live in Maryland. At certain times of year, it gets cold. Nobody wants to keep the boat here, and they'll bring them down to Florida, and they go back and forth based on, you know, hurricane season and, you know, insurance and that kind of stuff. When you said 200, you've got 200 brokers within your group. To me, that sounds like a ton for boats. Like, I could say, like, I get, look, I get it. I mean, around this area, there are 200 real estate agents, sure, but there's a ton of houses. Well, Alex, how, many, how many boats really are there to sell that you can have 200 guys in a group all, all eating? Well, you know? well, not here in Maryland, Alex. Our company's right, based... Up and down the coast, I get it. The company's based in Stewart, Florida. In Florida, I don't think you can you can walk without running into someone who's a boat broker. Gotcha. It's just, I mean, that's that's the state to be in. You've, you've got to have a presence down there because it, it feeds you in the wintertime. Now, is it mostly leisure boats, or is it also commercial boats? Both. Oh, really? Okay, so commercial guys will co- go through a broker as well? Sometimes, sure. Okay. Depends on what they're looking for. They're going to do offshore crabbing, or you, you name it. I mean, a lot of times the commercial stuff is, is a little bit separate, but we've done it. I mean... So have you ever done a deal where... So like up here you'll have... Because I'm always looking at boats. Sure. So Alex is always looking at cars. I'm always looking at boats. So Alex I'll, likes flipping cars. That's I'll, for sure. Flip them. I actually drive them. They just don't last very long. <laughs> I'll go on a you know, and especially this time of year because I'll drive across the Seven River and look out and you see nothing but wakes out there and yeah. boats. And then I'll go on a fishing charter. And I love being on the water. My, my grandfather was a uh, was a sea captain. He was a captain of an oil tanker. So I think it kind of runs in my blood. And um, I love being on the water, love fishing. So the second I get back, I'm going to go and look at boats. But, like, you'll go to these marinas where the where the uh, fishing charters, charters are run out of, and you'll see the boats for sale. Or you'll see the license for sale. But in order to buy their – because the commercial fishing license is, is a big deal. It is, yeah. Um, or commercial crabber, crabbing license. So you'll see them selling the license, but – you have to buy the boat too. Sure, <laughs> it's no, a package no. deal. I get it. So, yeah. have you ever worked worked on anything like that, or is that more of a? We have, but it's been a while, and I'm trying to remember all the circumstances to it because we, there were some things we could facilitate. The we were able to facilitate the uh, the boat transaction, but we had to forget how we how we dealt with the business side to it. 
because it's not something that we could really get involved with to a degree. Yeah. We had to have like lawyer paperwork drawn up on that and, and have it figured out. But, you know, I think they ended up buying it in an LLC, so it kind of made it simple anyways. It just mm-hmm. bought ownership shares. So if you buy the fishing license, does the license go with the boat or does it go with the captain? So you'll have – now, Smitty, you might know better than me, but so like you can get an individual recreational license. Yeah. You can get a um, recreational le- license for the vessel, mm-hmm. which so say I had a little center console, the three of us could go on and we can each catch – fish or crabs recreationally and be fine. Everyone on the boat is covered. And I think the, the, now I know when you look at the charter boats for the fishing charters, they're all covered under, like they'll have the numbers and stuff on the boat itself. Yes. But I don't know if, if, I don't know if that captain, if he were, if his boat went down, if he just jump on another boat and go out and fish under his own license, I, I'm not sure either. I, yeah, I don't know that. Because I know like, with trucking, the DOT number goes with the driver. Mm-hmm. I think. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So they can, like, the one guy can jump in a different cab, slap his DOT number on, and he's good to go. I didn't know if the, like, yeah. I didn't know if, like, fishing licenses were like I'm that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. But see, the, but the thing is, you, you can own the fishing license and not even be on the boat while it's out there. That's you true. You have employees on it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So a lot. Some of these. One of the charges I used to go on a lot. The uh, the the captain didn't own the boat. Someone else owned the boat. He just ran it for him. Yeah. So and the main. So, so, so he probably had the commercial license. Well, the and whatever boat he's affiliated with. Well, the owner had the the owner of the boat had the license. He was working for the owner of the boat. Because oh. you can own more than one boat. Right. You know. I, I think you have to have like the the licenses spread out like i mean you can't have one license and fish 13 boats hmm. so i didn't know that but yeah but they are hard to come by so all right so someone contacts you says hey i want a boat now by the time they get to you should they already know what they want or no or are you kind of also walk them through like okay you know, what do you want it for? Do you want it for fishing? Do you want it for? I mean, I'll you know, sleep on the boat. Yeah, I'll go through all those things with the people. But I, I think where what's a little harder this year, or the last few years, is kind of like our conversation in the prior podcast about cars. Nor in a normal market, people are able to go to boat shows and they can look at a ton of stuff and they can get an idea of layouts and size and sort of get a a better feel for what they're looking at. And then that helps narrow down where we take you next. And then you start looking at what's on the market, what your price point is, if we need to get you financed and and all those things. What's trickier now is that there's not that much inventory and what's available is going quickly. That sometimes it's hard for people to get on actual boats to narrow down a direction. And in the last couple of boat shows, it's at the point where Clients of mine who've purchased brand new boats in the contract, they have to bring it to the Baybridge show or some other show so that the dealers can showcase an actual boat to, to, to write a new build on. Because if right. not, they're, they're essentially, here's a picture of what the boat looks like. Why don't you give me a $100,000 deposit? We'll build it for you in 18 months. You know, it doesn't. <laughs> so they need inventory. And, uh, you know, we had a delay with the supply chain and all that stuff like everybody else. We're still going through that. 
a lot of factories shut down during you know during covid a lot of the foreign foreign companies like Beneteau, you know, there were parts and fabrics and delays and, you know, getting them from places. So we've, we've had challenges like any other industry in the last few years. It's, it's a good thing in some ways, but it, I don't know how sustainable it is. Would you say the, the boat industry mirrors the car industry or the housing industry as far as when sales are hot versus sales are cold? I think car probably more than houses. The only thing now, Mainly because I think it's a little bit shorter, shorter. Um, I think it's going to be a little shorter market than like cars. Cause now, where it's similar to cars is, uh, let's say, in the last couple of years, because what people are buying what are supposedly depreciating assets, right? Usually it's 15 to 20% in the first couple of years that you're going to lose. Right. Because if not, why not just buy a brand new one, right? Now, I'm willing to do that on... I, I never really thought I would ever buy a brand new car, but the last cars we bought, we bought new. And, you know, that's where they give you, like, the election day promise. Oh, here's the 0% financing. We'll throw the warranty. You know, what? all right, fine. 0% financing. I got two kids. Why not? I mean, you're giving it to me. I did the same thing with my last yeah. car purchase. So um, you're willing to do that on a $30,000 30, $35,000 car, you know, asset that you're going to hopefully run into the ground over 10 years and pay off in five years. But on a hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollar boat, these are really big hits you're taking in the first couple of years. And then this market, it's, it's changed dramatically because people bought a boat for 380 grand. And then all of a sudden the cost of a new build is almost 500. Right. And uh, that's the only thing that's kind of changed. Now, I, I think the ones that are going to get hurt when the market ultimately changes are going to be the people now getting in on the brand new stuff. The used market has stabilized because the cost the cost to build everything now is just keeps going through the roof. And that's what's helped the, the used market. Now, even before all of this, 2008 to 12, during the recession, we had a shortage of boats because a lot of manufacturers went out of business. Uh-huh. They weren't building as many boats. And, and you know, a lot of these boats, people don't want them after 20, 30, 40 years. They're just not desirable. They're hard to insure. I'm not really sure where they end up, to be honest with you. I've seen some of those bone. There's a boneyard down in uh, Punta Gorda, Florida, I've been to, where you drive through, and it's just like a burial ground for boats. Just like, sitting there. Just salvage yard. They, they end up in Cape St. Clair. On <laughs> sure. I gotta, I gotta imagine, like, an old boat, though, it's kind of, I mean, it's almost like an old car in that regard where after a car turns, uh, after a car is 10 years old and has over 100,000 miles, you can't get financing for it anymore. Okay. Makes now, sense. Now, I don't know if they changed that with the whole pandemic thing and the car prices went up, but like, I remember because like, I was looking at like some 03, 04, like 03 to 06 Chevy Tahoes or Cadillac Escalades, like the old, like that body style. The problem is now, like, they want, like, 12 to 13 grand for some of those. Yeah. And you can't get financing for them. Sure. So unless you can afford 13 grand cash for, yeah, what, 15-year-old car? Yeah, a lot of people don't have have that kind of coin. But it's, when you you mention the the depreciation, but now it's like the the depreciation isn't as bad. A, A friend of mine bought... It was like a well-crafted center console or something. He it was a, it was a decent boat, so he buys this thing, takes it out, 
has it buys it in eighteen, then I guess nineteen or twenty, he pulls it out of the water, doesn't winterize it, oh. <laughs> but he ends up. And then one of this had a it had a uh, a blown cylinder. On oh the no! Yeah, he ends up selling it for more than he paid for it Jeez. because there was such a shortage of boats. This dude just wanted a boat bad because. Boating got real popular over the pandemic. It was like the socially distant thing to do. Yeah. You know, so he ends up selling this thing for more than he paid for it. Well, the other reason I think it's more like the car market overall at the end of the day than the housing market is that someone, people always need somewhere to live, to somewhere to sleep. Not everyone needs a yacht. Yeah. And and some people could buy a yacht and sleep on it. Sure. But but, (laughs) but at some point, though, yachts kind of is not the necessity as much. As the home, and and that's where we, have, you know, uh, eventually it's going to get to that point. I don't know how long the market will stay the way it is, but oh, go ahead. I don't think any financial person is going to advise you to sell your house and buy a boat and live on the boat. Let me ask you this: cause speaking of financing, so I'm familiar with the RV world. With the RV world, you can finance an RV over 20 years. Same with the boat. Okay, so. And can you also get a? Uh, can you deduct the taxes and insurance you pay on it, just like a home? Because like with a motorhome, all uh, I'm sorry, the interest on the taxes that I pay on that thing. Not that I, I, I guess I don't pay taxes on it because I paid it when I when you buy it. But the interest, the basically it counts like mortgage interest, and it's deductible on your taxes because it, it's considered a second home. If you do, if you if you consider a second home, I think you can. Okay, where we are, so the state of Maryland in general sales tax, what six percent? Yeah, boats, it's five percent excise tax. It's a one-time five percent excise tax. Yeah, it's it's capped though. RVs are very similar. It's the one-time tax. Yeah, I I meant the interest is what is what you can deduct from your taxes. Um, I bet you that's something a lot of people that are looking at boats when they see the price tag, it's kind of like sticker shock. But they don't realize that you're not financing it like a car. You're not financing over five years. You can finance over fifteen or twenty. It really drops the payment quite a bit. And then if it's new enough, that, twenty, can, yeah, yeah. But if you and then on top of that, if you can deduct the the interest that you're paying, I mean, yeah, you, you might be you might be paying like six, eight, nine hundred dollars a month on your boat on your brand new boat, but at the same time the net is actually a little bit less when you factor in the tax deductions that you get from the interest. Yeah, if, if, if everything looks good, usually what they'll do is 80% of book value, they'll uh, they'll lend you. So normally they want, we do 10% deposit normally is what you put down on the boat initially, and then they'll need another 10%. But a lot of times they roll the taxes into it, so it ends up being really 15% at the end of the day. As long as the boat's, you know, new enough. What I mean by that is 2000, 2001, 2002, 20 years. It, it gets a little bit older than that. You can get boat financing. It's just the law of these companies, what they deal. Let's say they got 10 banks they're working with, these lenders. And if it's a boat, it's a brand new boat, all 10 of them are interested. If the boat's between 15 and 20 years old, instead of 10 options, they may have six or seven, right? Yep. And every one of them's got different stipulation. One wants it to be a shorter term. One wants the interest rate to be a little higher. One wants a higher down payment, you know, and that kind of stuff. These are very similar in that regard. Um, and it, a lot of... A lot once of you get over art, 10 years old, it's, it's rough. It's rough sledding trying to but, get a loan. But there are a lot of 
uh, boat deal. I mean, boat finance companies that also do RVs as well. Yep. There, it there seems was, like a real similar, almost like ice hockey and lacrosse. Like there's a lot of crossover between the, I, See, I don't know about that. I think you're either a land person or you're a sea person. What I'm talking about is the... Surf and turf? Yeah, no, what, I, what or, I'm... What or I'm, surf or turf. <laughs> I'm a sea person. Right. I have very little interest in RVs. Right. But when you look at them, especially the larger boats, where you can spend the night on them, you can, um, you know, uh, it has a toilet, yeah, yeah. a galley, that sort of thing. It's going to fit into that person's life. They're going to fit into the, like, my big boat would fit into my life very much in a similar way that your RV fits into your life. Right. So that's where I'm talking about. Like, there's similarities in where they fit into people's lives. So the style so, of vacation. Yeah. Thing, so it yeah. makes sense that like, if I had a big boat like that, that would be every weekend. I would have Lindsay and and the and the kids meet me at the at the at the dock. Let's go. So I've got a buddy who's got a yacht. I call it a yacht. It's, it, when I say yacht, I mean he's got a sailboat. Um, I don't know the length of it, but it's big enough where him his wife and his two girls, they'll go stay on it for like a week. Uh, and they'll they'll take it uh, from south of Annapolis. They'll take it over to the eastern shore and they'll just dock somewhere. Like they'll go over like Tillman Island or something like oh, that. Oh, I love Tillman Island. It's yeah. one of our favorite spots. So they'll go there. So and like chill. They'll, they'll stay on the boat at like their hotel mm-hmm. and they'll enjoy Tillman Island for a week or whatever. Or St. Michael's or where, mm-hmm. you know. But essentially, it's, it's kind of like if you were to take an RV and you were going to go to a campground. Yeah. Well, Instead of a campground, they're docking up on a on a dock over on the other side, and that's where they're staying for the week. They can plug in and got their full electric and everything, yeah. and they got their bathroom on their on their boat, and their girls are comfortable. And yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I I, I see what you're saying now. Like yeah. I, I think, but like, is there over like are people that are buying RVs? The people buying no, boats? Yeah. No, you know, I don't think people are buying. If the people are buying the same. That's one rich dude. Yeah. That's a different tax bracket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now. Do you do uh, sailboats and powerboats? Sure. Okay. I mean, more. Of, I, I do probably 70, 80% powerboats, but we'll work with sailboats as well. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it, a lot of times it, it just depends on what the listing is to, you know, to, you know, to sell or, so we're like real estate agent. We'll, we'll list boats and, and that we're selling in addition to working with buyers too. Really just depends on what you guys and from doing it 17, 18 years now you get a lot of referrals, return clientele, really mm-hmm. whatever it is. So if I bought a, a big you know, if say I bought a big uh um Albemarle sport fisherman, I decided that, that was too much boat for me. I wanted to go to say a troller. Sure. I bought the Albemarle from you, I'm likely to come back and be like, Hey Smitty, I want to get a troller, but I want to get out I want to just I'll buy the troller through you and sell the Albemarle, the yeah. big sport fishing. What are our options? Too. Can we sell it? Can we trade it? What, what are we looking at mm-hmm. dollar-wise? What are my options? Sure, absolutely. Well, I think, it, you know, the funny part is when you when you say broker, you know, in various industries, the word broker has a negative connotation. But I think in, this, in the boat industry, if I were to buy a boat, rather than going to a boat dealership where I'm going to get sold on that brand of boat, I think I would rather go through a broker who's going to steer me toward the brand of boats that it's almost like having like your own personal car buyer. Who's like, no, no, you you don't want to go toward the Peugeot. You want to go toward the Toyota for, for your needs. Because Mm -hmm. let's say for example, well, I need a car that I can, 
you know, I, I can daily drive, get to work on time. Okay. In this instance, I feel like the broker would say, okay, I'm going to steer you toward a Toyota Corolla versus like a Fiat 500, mm-hmm. right? The They both could suit you the same, but the Toyota's not going to leave you stranded on the side of the road, whereas the Peugeot or, whereas the Peugeot or the Fiat, is. You, know, you might <laughs> die in it because it might catch on fire real quick. I feel like with a boat, with a, with a yacht broker or boat broker, I feel like, especially if I'm kind of new in the game, like new in the boat world, I was like, look, this is what I want for a boat. I want you to steer me in the right direction. I feel sure. like it's, it, it plays more of the real estate agent role where you say, look, these are my parameters. Get me to the finish line. Now, here's the only thing that I know we were talking about the, the, the car industry versus the uh, home industry. Now, I will say the boat the boat transactions though are mere house house transactions a lot more than car transactions though and that's the only that's a little bit difficult for some people is is that the larger the boat the more liability there is and you know you're buying a fifty sixty foot yacht and you know the protocol is you 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 go you look at the boat you like it you make an offer you put a deposit in and it's contingent upon most people do a survey of the boat an inspection, which includes hauling it out, hiring surveyors, many times multiple surveyors, one specific engine person, and to look at the hull and, and all the systems as well. So, just hold on, before you go on, describe the survey because a lot of people that are probably listening to this that don't anything about boats don't really know what a survey would even mean. So, it's basically it's just, it's like, like a, a hall, it's basically like a home inspection. But you know, yeah. the funny thing is, I found boat inspections are probably because boats have so many parts and pieces and things move that it's much more thorough than we had our house inspection i have to admit i i was excited that you know this guy was going to do that that we hired to do the home inspection was going to go through this house and i was going to learn a lot and he was there about an hour and a half he looked up the chimney he goes that looks good i'm like what seriously i was only 31 for boat for eight hours yesterday (laughs) seriously like that's nothing um but that's kind of the idea now the main components, obviously, are, are the structural integrity. Make sure there's no moisture in the hull in certain spots, soft spots. You, you get past the structural integrity. You go to the engine, the engine, engines, generator, all the electronics. All Basically, they go through every single system on the boat that they can test. Sometimes it's a little bit difficult in the, in, in the wintertime to, to do the water system if it's already in the plumbing, if, if some of it has already been winterized or, you know, kind of depends on what you're working with but where it gets tough for some people is that the sea trial is usually in conjunction with the survey and on smaller boats people at least in the used market people want the process to be more like buying a car well the heck with it i want to know how it rides first before if i put a deposit down and and it's easier on new boats where you can go to a demo day and you get an idea how it rides because the dealer owns the boat we don't own these boats Mm -hmm. these are someone else's private asset and if if we just sat around and gave boat rides every Sunday, I don't know that I'd be able to sell any boats. I'd just be doing that pirate, especially, <laughs> like, especially now, now the gasoline prices. Well, now, I've done many, though, where someone said to me, look, Smitty, I absolutely love this boat, but like we're very particular about the ride compared to something, and we have no idea what we're expecting. So what do we do? I don't, I don't want to go through the process of spending several thousand dollars to have the boat inspected and only to not like the ride. So I say, okay, look, I'll level with you. We've got to have some skin in the game. 
you know, there's no point of us going for a boat ride on a Saturday and then you say, okay, uh, I'm going to offer a hundred grand. Well, they're asking half a million dollars. Like, okay, <laughs> that was great. Then let's make an offer. Let's make an offer with that as a contingency and we'll, you know what, we won't put the deposit in an escrow yet. As long as you, but because that's the thing, you still need, are, are you paying cash? Are you financing? We got to have all your ducks in a row. And uh, what we'll do is, Let's at least get an agreement on price with the contingencies. I'll pitch it to my customer, and most of the time they'll be like, "Well, well, yeah. I mean, we got an offer. Let's roll with it." It's very. I don't. Ha- it's not like I'm missing on a lot of other buyers. If this person gets on the boat, we do a quick sea trial. They don't like it, then then we lose them. We're not tied up for two or three more weeks waiting for them to survey, get the results, and whatever. If there's not a lot of risk in there involved as well, it's just when they own the boat, the risk and liability obviously is on them, and they've got to. Take that into consideration. What sort of, because you mentioned ride, and I'm trying to think, like, all the time I've spent on boats, like, so, like, you know, your 25-foot center console, you know, zipping down the bay pretty much rides like every other 25-foot center console. I agree with you, but I think a lot of people, it's just, some people are more particular, and some, it's just, I don't know. You know, like, if you're in a chop, and that's the thing, like, so, oh, I, I was on a... Uh, I was on a thirty-foot regulator, and I, I got my guts tossed. I thought that was a terrible ride. Yeah, well, there was you were dealing with four. You were zipping along, and well, regulator is going to give you one of the better rides. Yeah, but yeah. But, but even though that's a, a smooth running boat, it's a dry boat. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're zipping along at twenty-eight knots through four-foot rollers, it's going to be a crappy ride. Anybody, yeah. you know, like yeah, I don't no. care unless it's unless it's a sailboat that's riding through it. Oh, but, I know. But, I got to imagine though, like, different boats cut through the waves. Some do better than others, right? So, like, or is it all? Or is it all the same kind of ride? A heavier boat, like right. the the big, fit, the the what the um, trawlers, the trawlers that down east that you see a lot of the bay fishing charters on. Yep. they're heavy. They ride through the water, where you've got a fiberglass hull center console that's riding on plane on the water. Yeah. So semi displacement, displacement, or what we call the heavier trawlers yeah like nordhaven would be the example of like a go around the world yacht it, it, it's got a bulbous bow that literally could break through ice it's it's incredible hmm. i'll get you one <laughs> no i can't wait <laughs> but you know but does it have here, a toilet because if it doesn't have a toilet i can't go yeah but around here <laughs> around here you don't see many of those but we we get a lot of center consoles motor yachts sport fish it's just the heavy duty sport fish other than the guys that might do you know uh commercially low around here you're going to find them near Ocean City, Delaware, New Jersey, you know, on the ocean. Well, the, right. the Manio, like, because my mom and dad used to live in the Outer Banks. Oh, I love when I go down to Manio, that's where the, the the charter fleet was for that area. I love that place. And Washington Pirates Cove, yeah. Oh, those boats are beautiful. We Just used to go, beautiful we used to, boats. We used to go all the way down to Hatteras by Ocracoke. Mm-hmm. And just lots of big ships. Yeah. <clears throat> like, most of them, I think, were commercial, though. Sure. Bring it in. Because we, but that was a great place. Like, we go crabbing down there. Yeah. When we were there, like, we could walk down to some, like, a, a friend's house and they let us drop in some crab pots for the day. Sure. We cook them right there on the dock. Now, it do, was a fun time. We, you, we'd always talk about going back. Do um, you actually have customers that come in and have, like, I want to buy a boat and they have no idea, like, or do they, do most of them kind of like, hey, I, I want to, I want to fish. I want to cruise. I want to overnight. Like, do they? Most people have a little bit of a baseline of what they want, but I've I've had some where we've we've met with a couple, and 
my point of contact was only the husband, and I wish it had been the wife. They wanted me to set up a bunch of boats to look at, and everything I had set up to show was the exact opposite style and what they wanted. And they're like, well, I want to look at this, 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 and this. And I'm like, okay, I, I understand, but like, this is what you sent me. I sent all of these to you ahead of time, and you approved them. I thought you would discuss this with your wife. I, I can't just drop everything. I mean, the problem is we still, like realtors, we still have to like get access to these boats, make sure they're available, find out the key location, find out where they are. It's not if, if you have the wrong information. Um, sometimes you can, you can do that, but sometimes you can't. You need a little bit of time. So but, how, do, how do you stop from having to fly all over the place with a client? Let's say it's a first-time client with you. Well, a lot and, of times other brokers will do courtesy showings for one another. See, we, we have an MLS system, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll, I'll do courtesy showings for any other broker. I mean, that's my job. Whether I get paid more money to sell it myself or whether I get have to split it with another broker, I, I don't care. My job's, yeah, we'd all love to, to, to make the big pop every time, but our job is to sell the boat. Right, but I know, for example, like with, so we'll do with courtesy like a house, showings. Yeah, yeah. With a house, though? Like if I was going to go see a house... I want to see it with my real estate agent. Of course. Yeah, I don't want to see it with the, the listing agent because the listing agent's going to make it sound like the greatest thing since sliced bread. Whereas, at least for me, when I would go house searching, I you know one of the criteria I had with my agent was I need I have an agent because I need you to tell me the stuff that I don't know. Sure. I don't need someone to tell me it's pretty. I can see if it's pretty. I need someone to tell me one is it priced correctly. Two. Is it sound? Like, although I, I know most times you need like a, a carpenter to do that, like or a home well, inspection. But like, well, for, well I, I expect like a real estate, like a real estate agent for a house is, has seen like they look at houses all day long. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. know the market, in the market value where they're trading and all those things. But even like condition wise, like they can. I mean, obviously they can always zoom. Zoom call you in so they can kind of sure, but, but the picture's not going to be great. Whereas if you stepped on the boat, you know you might you might have seen five different center consoles. Sure, you could kind of probably see. Well, you know that's not in great shape. That's not in great shape. It it the price doesn't reflect the shape that it's in. Well, and there's always yeah. that. There's a ton of factors that go into it. But yeah. a lot of times nowadays people are making offers on stuff based on visual inspections. A visual inspection allows them to get out of the contract without spending thousands of dollars to inspect it and all those things after getting on it. Um, because it's just, it's kind of, it's been sort of a dog eat dog market. People haven't, and that's the only thing that I maybe don't love about the market is that it hasn't allowed people the normal time to process the decision-making that they want to do. And I, I don't know if it leads into more people getting cold feet or than, than selling the boat, making saying that they, they made the wrong decision because they were kind of pressured to get something because a lot of times when you want something, you want something, and you're like, okay, I'd prefer this, but we want something for the season, so what are our options? Now, have you seen more people sell quicker because they regret the purchase? Because of that, let's say they bought it sight unseen, Sure, and and they're like, you know what, I bought it. I don't like it. Boats are impulsive. I wanna... Yeah, I mean, there's, I, I have, and those are mostly express boats and center consoles that I'll deal with more. But the funny thing is, trawlers, trawlers are hard right now because there's not a lot of good clean inventory for them. And these are the actual people using them the way they're supposed to be used. They're going from Maine to Florida, and the and the people buying them and trying to buy them 
are the boomers. Mm-hmm. So they're the baby boomer generation, a lot of which had sailboats before. They want something economical that can go long distance. However, they want to go a little bit faster. They're buying trawlers and passage maker yachts. And and they're just they're one of the harder ones to find in really good condition. These people are doing like the bucket list. They're doing the Great Loop, right. uh, those types of things. So is the the Great Loop is that the ICW then up the Mississippi then yeah, Mississippi. through the Great Lakes? Yes. Okay. So it's not the Panama Canal. No. That's where I'd want to go through. Yeah. I, then, I, I always want to take a cruise ship through the Panama Canal. They run through them. They do. Yeah. No, I know. I got I, you can get one from like Florida to San Diego, or San Diego for whatever. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to just go through it because I think it'd be just cool to watch. Yeah, yeah. As, I think a, be as cool a ship too. gets lowered yeah. and raised, and although with my luck it would happen at night, so we could see <laughs> damn thing. <laughs> or, or you're on that evergreen that got stuck for a while, right? Oh my god! Well, Is or that thing still there? Not so, not Chick Fil A got it out of there. They hired Chick Fil A to deal with the logistics. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone else think that's really strange that the company the company that owns the ship that got stuck in the Chesapeake Bay same company that got stuck in the Suez Canal. Yeah. Like, is it just, I mean, I got like, like I, in reality, it's probably just bad luck because the pilots were the ones on the ships at those points in time. Yeah. Although I don't know about that for the Chesapeake Bay. I don't know I'm how far there was the pilots the, go. There was the Malaysian uh, 777 that de- disappeared. Right. And then there was the one that got shot down over Ukraine. Oh, God, yeah, 2014. Yeah. Those were both Malaysia Air. Yeah. They're both triple seven out of Kuala Lumpur, yeah. right? Remind, remind me never to that fly was, Malaysia. Can you believe that was 2014? Is that long ago? Yeah. Which one? I the one that disappeared. Yeah. Got shot down. They happened. They happened like right around the same time. It was like not like day or week or month even, but it was in a close to when the when the one got shot down. It was close enough to the previous one that you still remember the one that disappeared. That whole thing was weird. Who pissed yeah. somebody off over there? Huh. Well, that the one that got shot down was that was part of the whole original Russia Ukraine thing. Um, well, if right. you're if you're gonna if you're gonna test something or you're gonna try that, that's probably the part of the world where you could get away with it. Well, that yeah, that but that jet was at thirty seven thousand feet. There's no way some dude untrained dude with a man pad shot that thing down. Well, I remember I had a boat inspection the day after that news broke, and. The boat mechanics that were down there doing the engine survey, we were all we were all having a conversation about it, and they looked at me and they're like, "Yeah, we, there's a lot of data those engines put out, and we and, and that that everybody tracks. They're like, somebody knows what that thing is and what's going on." Oh, the one that disappeared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they commu- communicate back to their, they communicate with Boeing. So that, so if say it has GE or Rolls Royce, those engines are communicating with GE or Rolls Royce. And everyone involved, like they're putting out all kinds of stuff. Um, Didn't they say the black box is off though? I, I thought they they claimed they found parts of it that they could they could link back to it, and I don't know. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. Um, well, actually, because an, an airplane became a ship, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, or a submarine. That's probably but, a little, that's a little insensitive, <laughs> huh? But um, <laughs> so you're. Um, Thanks, Sully. <laughs> yeah, I'm the captain now. But I, I think it's now. Do you ever <laughs> operate as like a buyer's agent, or you just strictly s- list boats to sell? Like, if I wanted to buy a boat, could, well, if, could I employ you as a 
as a buyer's agent, like I like can apply a real. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That that's ha- basically half of what we do in certain times of year. You know, if we don't have buyers that we're working with, we got to hit up listings or you not to create buyers. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have a good balance. You gotta motivate yourself. You gotta always kind of stay active and busy on that. But it's, it's kind of like real estate, because a lot of the customers we get as buyers agents are people that we sold a boat to before. Um, they're you know you get referrals. Somebody who owns a boat says, hey, call my friend Smitty. He helped us find this and give him a call. He'll help you find something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so if I went and said, hey, I'm looking for a, you know, Sea Ray Amberjack, and you start finding Sea Ray Amberjacks. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, And then I guess from that point, you could, you know, hey, because I, I remember when when my wife and I bought our house, we'd look at this, and he'd be like, my the buyer's agent would be like, oh, did you do you know the area? Do you, <clears throat> those, that's a stuff to avoid. So like a boat that has a bad reputation that sure. for like, Oh, Hey, don't, don't go with that. It's, it's uh that's junk. You know? No. And there's a lot of things that we've learned throughout the years and, and uh, about problems. Some of the manufacturers have, there's a lot of stuff we do know. And I have to admit, there's, we don't know everything about all the boats. Um, that's the only thing different about being brokerage versus being a dealer. A dealer specializes in one particular model, which is great in some ways. You learn a lot about it, but it doesn't give you the the brand knowledge about all the other ones out there as well. Mm-hmm. Now, do you, I mean, is, is it kind of like cars where you like, there's brands you just avoid? Or I guess maybe, maybe not so much brands, but like, obviously, it, there's only so many engines, right? So a lot of these brands use the same engines like there's probably yamaha mercruiser yeah most of them are the same honda use all the same engines other than different types of propulsion we have pods now that some people love some people are steering away uh, from as a pods no the paw the uh transmission Mm -hmm. which helps you basically dock the boat they they have a joystick control that helps them dock the boat but you're essentially either forward facing or aft facing props that are integrated in the bottom of the engine and okay. they had them on freight years ago, and they've adopted it. 2006, I think, is when they first got Volvo IPS has it, and then Cummins came out with Zeus, which is a different system that matched with them. And, you know, there's a whole new set of, you know, stuff you got to deal with and and maintenance involved in that. That's that's the difference between our market and some other stuff is that boats, let's be honest, there's, there's always something that needs to be done, and there's... Well, it's just like an RV. It's a money pit. Yeah, <clears throat> there's yeah. always something that's going to be broke. What does what does boat stand for? Break out another thousand. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. it is. But like something like when I look at boats, I always want, you know, I'm looking always looking more at outboards rather than I like inboard outboards. I, I don't want to mess with outdrives. Yeah, and um, everybody nowadays the outboards are they're adding outboards to big boats now that you wouldn't think they're adding yeah. them to like. Downey's boats, Tierra. Mm-hmm. Tierra sold Pursuit. Pursuit was their line that that dealt with outboards. Now they're doing their own outboards. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, outboards are dedicated marine engines. Where an IO, an inboard outboard, is essentially if it's a five seven Mercruiser, that's a car engine. It's 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 a Chevy three fifty. Well, around here, so people. Some of the appeal to the IO is the fact that you can raise and trim, you can trim it up and down a little bit, but it also, so you get into some, you, you know, the benefit of having an outboard on on that side, but also 
a lot of times the swim platform covers up the outdrive so that you know that people feel comfortable safety to operate the boat and be able to do water sports behind mm-hmm. it and tubes but nowadays especially with, out, with outboards it's not hard to, to add these things on that can help you do that yeah have you seen the outboards that the entire outboard doesn't turn it's just a little section at the bottom of it that yeah that turns i think those are pretty cool well a lot of them i think if you have like three engines the one in the middle the length of of the props is a little bit different to the angle yeah. perfectly for the boat it's it's pretty cool it's uh but there we're at the point though where all, there's a lot of dealers that are getting new inventory of boats and they don't have any outboards to put on them <laughs> so the boats are just sitting <laughs> yeah there no yeah problem. it's and the thing is i didn't realize how expensive because how expensive can that out is 100 you know that you know that uh uh, yamaha 150b like 10 grand <laughs> like it's, hey it's our government has taught us in the last several years it's only money Mike. yeah it's only money <laughs> there's and then you see some of these boats that have like like so i follow this thing um it's called center consoles only on instagram sure yep and they showed like these boats that are just insane and it's like these dudes i guess like a big dick measuring contest like oh i've got a 56 foot center console and it's got you know, uh, five, 600 horsepower outboards hanging off the back of it. And it's like, it's like a drug, it's like a drug dealer yeah, machine. You just, got, you just gave me an, an idea for an OnlyFans. <laughs> it's an OnlyFans, but you go and show people boats. It's not a bad idea. And you say, look at this big engine and look at this really long water pipeline. You know, like you make you sexy it up a little bit and you just go, I it, Look, can we have Barry White do the speaking in the background? Here, that's, but that's <laughs> that's essentially what center consoles only is. It's boat porn. Like, so, it really you have is, a center yeah. console, but every now and then with a with a really long turning radius. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but every, every now and then they'll do a uh, like an every man's boat. Like they had a trophy on the other day. Yeah, you know, which people crap on trophy, but doesn't I mean, matter. There, there, there is a YouTube channel or an OnlyFans channel in here somewhere. I'm oh, I'm sure you. there is. I'm like, look, I literally watched a dude. This is sounding <laughs> great. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Where are we going? I was like, wow, this 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 could sound really bad. Now, I literally watched a, uh, this guy out of Poland. He 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 just has a YouTube channel where he where he cleans rugs like dirty rugs. And all he like sprays it with the soap. He like sprinkles the soap on with a flowering can. Sprinkles, and, and then he he takes the 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 floor cleaner, like the rotary rug cleaner thing, the the floor cleaner, and he's going back and forth with it. And the the water, the the dirty water's coming. I swear to God, if if someone can, and he's got like five hundred thousand views per video. If that guy can get five hundred thousand, imagine what you just showing a different boat, thirty minute video just showing boats. That's true. Each boat. I watch. I, I will sit there and watch the center consoles only boat reviews. Like that's where I found my, my the, the Axopar, which I think is the coolest thing. Oh, they are really cool. Yeah. I watch, I watch guys do car now, reviews yeah. all the time. Why wouldn't I watch someone do a boat review yeah. or an RV review? Yeah. Well, so. and, and it's yeah, obviously the last couple of years, it's definitely um, boating has definitely gone up, but. We'll we'll have to see. I I still think some of it's short lived. You know, mm. 
Well, the cash is going to dry up at some point because they've even started talking about this with repos and uh, with cars. Sure. The repos on cars in the last, I want to say, four months has gone way up because people can't afford the payments anymore. Yeah. They got their their stimmies. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be some. They went and search them. There's definitely going to be some. at least from from our standpoint, I really think we're probably going to have a good inventory to fight over, though, at some point when you get the turnover of, I guess, what people want to label the COVID buyers. And not, a lot of it's not just the COVID buyers, just they've added another wrinkle to the to the market and, and not have, and there not being enough availability boats. It's just added to it. Well, in the RV world, we've kind of... We had kind of had the same thing when there was a run on when there was COVID and people still wanted to go on vacation. Sure, they could get in an RV and go. Well, the RV supply kind of just like everything else, it kind of just got soaked up. And so, people that have RVs now that have been in it for a while, they're all kind of waiting for the bottom to drop. Where all these people that bought them during COVID. Now that plane travels back, a lot of restrictions got lifted. Sure. People can go back to the vacations they were used to. And at some point, they're going to sell these RVs that they bought brand new. And they're going to be like a year or two old, maybe three. And they're just going to be trying to dump them from where they can get. And the prices should go way down. Now, cars are going to be a little bit different because manufacturers are going to kind of restrain the new the new supply. But with RVs, you, you pretty much pump out what the what the uh the factory can put out there and yeah it's gonna be they don't watch out there's gonna be a glut of used ones and new ones at the same time if that happens at the same time prices will drop like a rock with rvs i don't know about boats but it's gonna be interesting but the only other thing is you know we are part of this generation though whose parents are the boomers and (laughs) i'm you know, the average boater a few years ago was in their late 50s, the average person that bought a boat. And it's starting to get a little bit younger. More younger people are getting involved. But, I, you know, I also think we have a generation of of people our age that are going to inherit a lot of money from the baby boomer population because it's a big population that might that might help every industry keep going. It'll, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know the timing of it all, but... I think you're right, but I also don't think it's just the baby boomer generation that's going to pass on money i think the 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 quote-unquote greatest generation the so there's not too many people left over from world war ii yeah but just i guess the 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 generation from the world war ii generation is considered the boomers Mm -hmm. but there's like a little bit in between there yeah so like boomers right now like are in their what 60 late 60s to early 80s so i guess that's i i think you're right i mean but you got a lot of that World War II generation that kind of lived into their 90s. Because think about starting to kind of pass away. Because think now. about that's the generation where they built a house for 50 grand and they're selling for 800 grand now. Now, I understand there's inflation, there's all these other things that are factored in. Well, they were also the generation, the, the last generation that lived through the Depression. Yeah. That generation saves money like crazy because they didn't do anything on credit, they did everything with cash. The boomers were kind of the ones that started using credit again. Our generation, though, and we've talked about this in the past, our generation, I think, is a little bit skittish as far as spending money, at least a certain portion of it, because of 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. You know, when, the, when the 401ks became 201ks, you know, everyone was like, wait, wait a minute. And I, I, 
for a while there before before COVID and everything, credit card debt was at historic lows. Yeah, like be- cre- credit balances on credit cards and whatnot, because people took that time in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. They're like, well, wait a minute. I got to start saving some cash. And then when, when they save the cash, they pay down that credit card debt. But yeah. And with interest rates so low though, all the things we were taught growing up, we were taught work hard, save money. Okay, mm-hmm. great. But how do you grow it? And the federal reserve and you know, the way that they've been running things lately. Yeah, I remember, I remember reading Ben about Ben Bernanke. He was a study of the great depression and his, and his thought was, okay, Keep interest rates low, interest <laughs> interest rates low, and basically force people to spend their money the way you want them to do it, and invest by investing it because you, you know you could put it all. My remember my grandmother before she passed away, ninety two years old, she had all this money in a CD, getting one point something percent. Yeah. I said, "What are you doing?" And she's like, "Well, young man, before we you know when we had a standard, before we uh, manipulated currency and f- printed and burned money and did all these things like." You go with the guaranteed. I lived through the depression. I just, no, I, I get that, but you you just can't grow it as much in the bank, or you haven't been able to in recent years. Maybe that'll change with the rates going up. But well, the interest rates were. I mean, the interest yeah. rates were like 05 percent. But by keeping but by keeping the interest rates low, it's forcing you to say, okay, how do I grow this? Do you buy another property? You turn it into a rental investment property? Do you put it? Do you invest in the stock market? And I think a lot of people, our generation, are not really as comfortable or as knowledgeable. I, I admit, I'm not on the stock market. My father, that's his thing. See, with me, my retirement money, with through my employer, is in uh, is in stocks. Right? Okay. So it's in a 401k type investment, and we've got a separate Roth and and and, and whatever it is. But so I, I'm exposed to it. But it's something I'm never really going to look at. I know. I'm going to contribute, contribute, contribute. And when I retire, I'm going to hope it's there. Right? Um, Like our social security? Yeah, well. That's not going to be so. (laughs) I hope something's going to be there. But I guess it's going to be really, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens with it. Because I feel like the government and the Fed in general did our generation a huge disservice by keeping interest rates so low for so long because we we didn't have that safe savings place and i think it's because they couldn't afford the debt on our i mean the interest in our own debt right part of the reason but the the problem is though let's say we wanted to save some money yeah i'm gonna let's say i can i can sock away 200 bucks a month well i can't put in my savings account because i'm gonna earn half a percent I'm actually going to lose money mm-hmm. because if, if inflation is 2% or 2.5%, which they're keeping interest rates low to, to avoid, well, well it, if I if I go and I put my money in my savings account to earn half a percent and inflation is 2 to 2.5%, I'm losing 2% per year by sticking in my savings account. Well, I need to find... like That's the thing people don't understand. If you're not earning inflation or more, you're not actually saving any money. You're losing money, which is why they also say if you can borrow money at the rate of inflation or less, then you borrow the money. It's like free money because you're paying at less than the rate of inflation. So what did Warren Buffett always say? Uh, find a way to make money while you sleep or or you're not going to be able to sleep because you're going to... No, is that what it is? Find a way to make money while you sleep right? or you're not going to sleep over how to make money. Right. 
so, so there's where your passive your, income. Right? So that's where your your uh, OnlyFans page comes up, Alex. Listen, man, I'm telling you that OnlyFans where you where you show engines, you start it up. That's gonna be the money shot when you start the engine. It's not a bad idea. Someone just explode right there. Someone just explode. It's not a bad idea. Thank you, Smitty. Here's five, and, the, and you have the bell ding when they donate the fi- five dollars. Ding ding. ding you ding. pull a little fire the cannon. You still <laughs> might have to like pour chocolate sauce on your feet or something. You know what? So. Yeah. And you, you, you hire a little hire a model in a bikini, show the boat on the Baywatch theme song on Listen, the background. Man. I got you. Listen, I think we just found uh, the enterprise that we need to get. Screw this. Use podcast. other people's boats to do it. Yeah, forget the podcast. <laughs> what are we doing? It's like, it's oh, like, you mean like a stepbrothers use someone else's boat? Listen, boat like, toes. It's, it's like with the porn companies. They don't own the houses they shoot the movies in. They just use the movies as the set. They use the houses as the set. I didn't know that. You didn't. You didn't know that. <laughs> I think I probably maybe, did. Maybe like, I just really didn't think that much about it. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Are there any other parts of a sale? I mean, obviously, paying for it and using the boat. But I think we covered the the before the middle. Well, the closing. Well, once you go through the process and you agree, you want to move forward. You a lot of times there's negotiating afterwards. It's inspected. You either take it as it is. You don't buy it or. You buy it conditionally. Say, I want to buy it, but I want you to do this and this or take this much off. And once you agree to terms, the closing department pulls the abstract of the title, like on on buying a home, and they go through the process of the paperwork. And it takes a little time for some of the paperwork, bills to sale. If you got to pay off a loan, you know, if you got to pay off the mortgage that's on there, they'll satisfy that at closing and Coast Guard document and all those things they'll, they'll do. It's not. I mean, the the, the closing part is the, the least exciting part. The amount of paperwork that goes into it is, in any business, is is the nauseating part of it. But it's just the way to do it legally and correct. Listen, uh, this is probably the episode I probably learned the most out of. So we appreciate you stopping by. No problem. Thanks for having me. It was a long walk through the neighborhood to get here. Um, Actually, they, I drove. All right, so. They can, if anyone is looking for a boat, hey, we're getting into boating season. Weather's getting nicer out. Uh, SmithYachtGroup.com to contact Smitty. See if he can get you in a nice boat. Um, also, thank you to Portec Limited Wines and Spirits. Or Portec Limited Wines and Spirits. Sorry. Mess, mess up the sponsor's name now. That's great, isn't it? Hey, that's yeah. the only place we go to. <laughs> that's right. Uh Get your uh, go down there. See what selections of wines they got because I know they just um, they just uh, redid their wine selection. Uh, the spring beers are finally out, and uh, of course they got the, the the tried and true spirits, the liquors. Um, head on over there if you're not even sure what you want to drink. Maybe you're looking for something new. Go ahead and ask. See what they they can recommend for you. Uh, that's Baydale. Uh, that's a uh, Portac Limited Wines and Spirits in the Baydale Plaza in Arnold, Maryland two one zero one two, and if you can, please share this podcast episode, share it with a friend. Um, maybe you got someone who's interested in buying a boat who just doesn't even know where to start. Or wants to sell one. Or maybe wants to sell one. That's we, right. need, we need inventory. We're burning through it. Listen, if, you, if, you're, if you're not using that boat that much, if you're only taking it out a couple times a year, look, maybe now's the time to put it on the market, sell it, and maybe in a year or two when the boat prices, maybe the, maybe they come back down, you kind of... Yeah, you make money on this boat, and you and you get another one a couple years down the road. You get it for a little less, and uh, get yourself in a better financial position, boat wise. But if you can uh, share this episode with a friend, share it on Facebook, Instagram, uh, click the like button on YouTube, um, 
Hopefully you liked it, and we'll see you next time.